Welcome to Full Potential, Thriving with Autism. I'm your host, Sarah Antonato. This podcast teaches parents of children with autism to support their kids in reaching their full potential so that they can thrive and not let stereotypes define them. By looking at a variety of topics, such as health, advocacy, and spirituality, my mission is to end suffering amongst these parents by giving them the tools to heal themselves, which in turn empowers them to be bold advocates for their children. By gaining the confidence needed to do so, these parents stop being the victims of a broken system and instead succeed in providing their unique children with exactly what they need to thrive and share their own gifts with the world. One by one, these families now change the world through autism instead of being victimized by it. Are you ready? Let's get started. All right. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode where we have a very special guest, actually my first guest, the Miss Katie Soy, who is a brilliant writer. She recently created a powerful children's book called The Firefly in the Storm. And her jam is really not just being a published author and writing stories, but also deeply examining the stories that you tell yourself and the stories that you may be telling yourself about your children and how to rewrite those stories in a positive way that is supportive of your future. So Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. I would love it if you could add anything you think I left out so that this audience can get to know you better. Hi, Sarah. Yes, thank you for having me. I think you explained it really well. I am really passionate about rewriting stories, both personally for growth and transformation. And I also am a writer. And then um, that's what I do for work as well. I work in um, storytelling, coaching and branding and all the fun messaging stuff when when, uh, my clients are trying to incorporate personal stories into, you know, their their brand and their business and kind of share things that have happened that are personal and make that part of their business brand. So that's, that's what I do as well. And tell me with the firefly in the storm, whose main character is named Jem. She is a beautiful firefly and she is the protagonist in this, I think really powerful tale for children about how to find their power in their light. Tell us why you felt compelled to write this book. Yeah, so uh, I got the idea for this story really just thinking about, you know, what would happen if if you were if if you were a firefly and nobody understood why you glowed. I know that sounds silly, but I feel like most of us consider fireflies pretty magical creatures, right? And they're, you know, they're seen as these you know, beautiful little beacons and they're they're just really cool. I think they're just considered to be really cool. And I just thought, you know, what a metaphor for life when people, you know, are teased or viewed differently because of you know how they are and different characteristics and traits that they have what stories do we create from that and how does that affect us and so this this story was a little way to explore those ideas of you know what happens when people around you aren't celebrating the differences that make you you and you start to take that on yourself yeah i think this is so important for this audience in particular because i know as a special needs parent most of the people listening have children with autism or a different type of special needs that you're very often told by i'll use air quotes experts what your child will do what they will not be able to do based on what the experts experience has seen and so often i've seen families just take these opinions that's what they are opinions at face value 
and start telling themselves stories around, oh, my child will never do this. My child will never talk. My child will never ride a bike. My child will never be able to go to a typical school, et cetera. And instead, we have to ask ourselves, are these stories really true? Or are they someone's interpretation? What stories do I want to have instead? And I know you've had your own journey with the stories that you've told yourself. And I would love to know more about how that impacts your writing. That's a great question. And I, I completely understand where you're coming from um, as far as, you know, taking the opinions of other people and making that your reality, or in this case, you know, the reality for your children. That's something that I think many, many people do. You know, we, we respond to judgment and labels of others, right? That's just, that's just how we're kind of wired as humans. And to, to not operate like that takes time and attention. So yeah, I'm really passionate about the power of the stories that we tell ourselves. So self-talk is really important. Um, for years, I had very negative self-talk about my own mental health issues. Um, I dealt with major bouts of depression, anxiety, and panic attacks for almost 10 years. And this was just part of my life. This was just part of my life. And I, you know, I referred to it as the dark passenger, which is, um, if anybody listening has ever watched the show, <laughs> the TV show, Dexter, <laughs> That's kind of a morbid, a morbid dark reference to that TV show, but basically something that you're just going to live with that you just have to, that's just going to be a part of you that you have to learn to deal with forever. That's how I viewed it. But that's also what I was being told, you know, when people tell you to, you know, manage your depression or learn to manage your anxiety or manage your anger, sometimes it's with really the best intentions, but those stories create these loops that we think that's just going to be something I'm going to deal with forever. And so when I started changing the stories around, you know, I, I felt so much shame around my mental health stuff. It's not easy for, for people that you live with. It's not easy for you. It's not easy for people that you work with, right? I felt like a burden. I knew it wasn't totally my fault, but there was just this real negative loop of stories about my mental health. And so when I started rewiring those stories and going, you know, I'm not, I'm not, an angry person, I'm having angry thoughts. That's a completely different situation, right? Um, I'm not a depressed person. I'm having sad thoughts right now. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be that be like that tomorrow or even the rest of today and certainly not the rest of my life. And so when I started working on those labels, I was shocked to find that things actually started shifting. And I thought I would just feel better about myself and not referring to myself in kind of a negative way. But then this massive healing started. And I'm that was you know, really the beginning where I'm, I'm not dealing with the, with that, those things the same way anymore. And it, it took time, but those things are not an everyday part of my life anymore. And it feels amazing. So I'm really passionate about that. And I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but I really believe that there's power in rewriting those stories that we tell ourselves based on what other people, other experts, as you said, have told us are true. I love that. And I think also one thing to highlight is that as you rewrite your stories, it's not always like you tell yourself something new and then don't have to work at it, right? Like you might tell yourself something new and then the path that you have to take in order to do the work to help yourself is illuminated before you. And I always think of my son's journey with surfing and, you know, he's on the autism spectrum. And I remember when he was really little, very often physical therapists would say, oh, he doesn't have the core strength for that. He doesn't have the core strength to ride a bike. He doesn't have the core strength to do this, that, or the other thing. And I would say, do you want to see a video of him riding a mountain bike on a trail, you know, a real legit mountain bike, not a little kid one with training wheels, but do you want to see it? And they would be shocked because in their world, they had written the labels of what they expected him to be able to do or not do. 
And we just kept telling ourselves, he's going to do whatever we're doing as a family. We're going to help him, whether it be support him riding a bike and teach him how or get him on a surfboard and just take it one baby step at a time. And by doing the work and telling ourselves every single day that it was possible, it became possible. But I'm still confronted by people at district meetings and whatnot who will say, your son doesn't need this service. He'll never talk. And I'll say, do you want to see a video of him trying to talk to me? And they're, sometimes they're shocked. And sometimes they say, no, they don't even want to watch it because it doesn't fit into the story that they've told themselves is possible for a child with his specific labels, which still blows my mind. Oh my God. They don't want to watch it. They don't want to watch it. I remember I was in a meeting once and they were trying to make a case that his testing didn't show that he would need more speech because he was not capable of communicating was what they were saying. And so I would say, do you want to see a, a one minute video, not like 15 minutes, a one minute video of him trying to talk to me? And they said, no. And I remember it was actually such a freeing moment for me because in that moment, I knew we were not dealing with apples and oranges here. We were not on the same wavelength. We did not have the same philosophy. I could go into these meetings and play nice, but I did not have to subscribe to their beliefs around my child any longer because they didn't ultimately care what his trajectory was like. And I say that without judgment because they're not bad people, right? Like they're Mm -hmm. doing their jobs. They have a school budget to adhere to. You know, they can only base their knowledge on what they've seen in their lives. And they've probably seen other kids only go to certain places. And that's why I call this podcast the Full Potential Podcast. That full potential that you know as a parent to be true for your child or yourself as an adult is worth staying connected to all the time because it becomes like, your lighthouse. You can always follow it. You can always come back to it. And when other people who are quite frankly, not invested in your journey, try to sway you from that path, you don't have to take them seriously unless you choose to. Right. I, I love that. And while we're talking about this, I just want to be really clear. And I, I, I know that you'll agree with me that I, we're not talking about rewriting stories about yourself or your situation or your child in this kind of new trend of toxic positivity. That's not what I'm referring to at Definitely all. Definitely not. I was never saying I don't have depression. I don't have issues, right? Like I wasn't, I wasn't in denial about that. I was, I was on the other end of the spectrum going, there was so much shame about how much conflict that came from, you know, my mental health battles and how I handled that. And it didn't feel like me, quite frankly. I was always like, who even is this person? It doesn't feel like me. Mm, <laughs> Why is she yeah. saying this and doing this, you know? And um, and I knew it was tough for people around me. I knew it was tough for my uh, then boyfriend, now husband, and my family. And um, and so it wasn't, we're, we're not saying, and so I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the, you know, the, the, the concept around doing the work. Once you take the shame story off or take the labels off, it actually frees you up to do more work. And I would say take more responsibility and go, okay, how can I change my way of being or how can I relook at my way of being around around this area of my life? So I just wanted to be, just make a clear note around around that because that comes up too. So thanks for bringing that Definitely. the concept of doing the work and illuminating that path. Definitely. And I think also doing the work without attachment to the result is always the hardest thing and also the most magical thing. And that's true whether you're selling something in your business, whether you're 
working with a specialist with your child. And I see this all the time. You know, I work with a functional medicine doctor who was a pediatrician, a regular pediatrician for 30 years. And then he changed the scope of his practice when he was seeing so many special needs cases come in because he felt like it was wrong that nobody knew how to help these children. So he got himself a mentor, changed his practice. And I work with him very, very closely. And the cool thing about working with him is there are always new tests that are coming up that can tell us more about my child. There's always new treatments that are coming up to help his physical body to be healthier and stronger. And people ask me all the time, you know, well, do you believe in autism recovery? Is that real? You know, is that just hogwash? What are people saying? And I'm like, you can tell yourself whatever you want about it. I always hold that it's possible for myself and others. And at the same time, it doesn't take away from the work that we're doing today to help my son today. So I'm not daydreaming all day long about this future moment where my son speaks in sentences and he no longer has autism. Is that possible? Do I believe that's possible for him? Absolutely. Do I know if and when it will definitely happen on what specific day? No, I don't. But what I do know is that doing the work in that direction helps him tremendously now. So why would I not do the work if I'm seeing results right now? Know what I mean? So it's less about the outcome Mm -hmm. and more about what action can I take today that helps us today. Right. A hundred percent. And when, when you detach from the labels and judgments of other people about your journey or your child's journey, then you're, you're doing the work from a place of empowerment and you're not, you, it's like, you've got the blinders on. You're not going, Oh, this is how it's going to turn out. Or this is how it's going to turn out. Cause you don't have that attachment to the outcome. Absolutely. I remember a few years ago, my son was having a lot of problems sleeping and the stories around that were really astounding. You know, if you talk to other parents of kids on the spectrum, they would say like, Oh, well, this is just how it is. Special needs kids don't sleep well. And I always, and even as a child, I was always the kid who asked, but why mom, but why? And so I kind of went on this little quest of like, but why? And what could we do to help? Because it was clear that he was feeling tired and needed more rest, but something with sleep was not clicking. And I remember having that moment of choice where I remember thinking I could choose to say myself, well, this is just how it is and how it's going to be. Or I could choose to say, there must be something else here and I'm going to do the work in looking to figure it out. And that's one of the reasons why my first roundtable discussion for special needs parents was on sleep. Because if I had just taken it at face value, I would have either assumed that he would be a bad sleeper for the rest of his life, even though he wasn't feeling well in that process. I would have gone to meetings with the school psychologist and the county specialists who told me to medicate him with really, really heavy stuff just to help him sleep. And I personally didn't feel comfortable with that. And I have no judgment to anyone who does feel comfortable with that. You have to make the choice that's right for you. But I remember saying like, there's more here and I need to figure out why he's not sleeping well before I decide what's possible or not possible. So sure enough, back to the functional specialist we go. And his blood work was showing really interesting things that were able to be treated naturally. And lo and behold, he's been a great sleeper now for four years. And if he doesn't sleep well one night, 
that's his body's way of telling me something like something is up. Maybe it's time to do some follow-up blood work. Maybe some of his supplements need to be tweaked. Maybe he's physically uncomfortable in some way. So I remember going back in time mentally and kind of thanking my younger self in her early thirties and thinking, thank God you didn't listen to those stories that people had around. This is just how it is because your son would still be not sleeping well and therefore not functioning well because I don't even function well when I'm tired. And it was a really powerful moment for me in that, oh, this was a choice and everything is a choice. Right. That's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, what a sign that something is off, um, which is interesting that you mentioned that because that's what ended up happening with mental health stuff too. I realized that it was actually my intuition going, something's off in your life. Like there's, you know, you need to set a boundary or this is, you need to heal from past pain, right? Like it, wow. it it's their, their signals. And I just looked at them as chains for so long. And then I truly believe that's what led to the shift in my journey was because then I started looking at the deeper healing of those issues that not the actual surface level issue of feeling depressed for a week or not wanting to leave bed or not wanting to go outside. I looked at the surface or the, the deeper issues that led to that. And so changing the stories was kind of what started that whole, that whole new trajectory for me. And I love hearing what you're, what you're saying about detaching from labels and stories from other people about your child. Because how often, you know, I mean, children don't, you know, they can't always do that for themselves. And so having parents like you, and I'm sure like a lot of your listeners who are actively doing that on their behalf is really, really important and really powerful. Did you have, as you were writing, rewriting your stories for yourself around shame and guilt and around depression and anxiety, did you have any strategies that really helped you when you would be nurturing these little seedlings of new beliefs in yourself and then be confronted kind of with the person who was really spewing the negative <laughs> stories back at you? Um, my strategy was to just be quiet. <laughs> and I would, I would just like, like you said, I would just try to, to detach from that. And most people are just trying to help. Most people are trying to help you based on their own experience or the experiences that they, that they know of. And so I just tried to keep in mind that this person's on their own journey. It's not my journey. It doesn't have to be my journey. We don't have to agree to be friends, right? And I can detach from that label and, and you know, keep that conversation going and if I want to, or I can choose to disengage. And I, I, again, like you said, I can be in charge of this. I don't, I'm not trapped in this situation where somebody's, you know, saying something back to me. I have choice here. Yeah. I always joke with my husband that, you know, you, you have to know who your target market is. <laughs> like there are right. times where I've had a really amazing breakthrough with Rocco and he's like, oh, did you tell so-and-so about that? And I'm like, nope, they're not my target audience. They wouldn't right. really care that much. They wouldn't really be interested anyway. It's like, I don't need to go having these conversations that are exciting for me with tons of people in my life who may not get it. I can reserve to have them with the select few people who I know get it, who I know are supportive. And it doesn't mean the other people are bad people, right? Like we're just on different wavelengths right. and we're interested in different things and I can totally wish them well yes. without having to get entangled in their stuff. Exactly. Or their opinion of your stuff or my stuff. I mean, that's the thing. And, and that's part of the journey of rewriting stories is going, which stories are my own and which are inherited? Which stories came from my past? Which stories were kind of taught to me by my parents or my family? Which stories am I taking on from the experts? doctors, right, nutritionists, right? I mean, and really, it's right. just a, it's a choice. Any story is a choice. I'm going to be healthy, story. I'm going to be unhealthy, story, right? And it's just about choosing the stories that serve you or serve your goals. And so for me, 
when I started going, wait, I'm not an angry person. I'm just having angry thoughts or I'm not a depressed person. I'm just having depressed thoughts. And I just took the, it just took the label off and I felt just a weight lift because I had just been, I had been so ashamed of just those issues, those things that are, that are defined as problems when, um, in reality, they're not, I don't, I don't view them that, that way anymore. Like you said, they're signals, they're signs that something's off. Like you mentioned with your son in the sleep, it's the same thing with mental health stuff. Totally. As you were talking about where all those stories come from, I had a moment where I was like, we have to clarify for people who are listening that very fine line of how deep do you go digging to discover where your stories came from versus just embrace your new story and do the work because I'm a fact finder. I don't know if anyone listening has done their Colby assessment. I'm a very high fact finder. So I could spend all day, all week, all month, all year (laughs) wondering why I have this story and where this story came from and what I maybe did wrong to embrace this story in the past. It's like, at what point do you have to just be like, it doesn't matter. Just change it. You know, did you find that you had to sort of work with that push pull? Yes, because I think we're just wired, or maybe this is a societal construct <laughs> to go, okay, well, what caused that? Like, is that from, like, is that is that wound from your childhood? Is that your inner child speaking to you? Is it your future self? Is it your higher self, right? Like, there's a lot of that language going on, at least for me. And so finally, I was like, where is this, you know, am I operating this way because of stuff as a kid or stuff through, you know, you know, different relationships that I had that were tough? Like, and finally I was like, okay, that is just distracting me from changing the story and changing my end result. I need to just put the blinders on again and go, all right, this is who I am now. I'm a person who has angry thoughts, right? And what does that mean? Why am I having these? What is this a signal to me? Like something else is going on. And I had, I had to start listening to my intuition in my body and then write the story and go, okay, you know, I'm not an angry person. I just have angry thoughts. I'm not, I'm not a depressed person. I just have depressed thoughts. And then you go, and now I'm healing those. So I'm a healthy person with happy thoughts. I'm a healthy person with kind thoughts, right? So it's like, you just kind of start the journey wherever you're at. It's not perfect. Um, and then you just go. And I think it's very easy to get distracted with trying to figure out where everything came from. And at the end of the day, we just have to change the story, right? Yes. <laughs> Great point. And last night, yeah. And last night I was listening to the firefly and the storm with my children. And I had a moment where we loved it. And I really wished that I had been able to listen to this book back when my son was two and a half and newly diagnosed because Mm. his diagnosis really was a traumatic moment in my life, which Mm -hmm. I have healed from and done the work. But the stories I told myself about myself in that moment were really harsh and they stayed with me for many years. Like you must've done something wrong to cause this. Other people are going to think you're a bad mother. Other people are going to think that this is your fault. You know, who knows the, the, the gamut. And it really, I allowed it. This was a choice. I allowed it to inhibit my self-worth for a long, long time, which then when your self-worth is low, inhibits your money, your, mm-hmm. you know, your everything. And mm-hmm. I remember as I was listening to your book last night with them, I remember thinking, if only I'd really been surrounded by stories like this that really encouraged me to embrace the idea that his light shines differently and his gifts are different and there's a reason his gifts are needed in this world and the right people will value them and embrace them and you're in the exact place at the exact right time doing the exact right things 
you know, those stories for me would have been so much more supportive of me, the mother in this process. So I really want to encourage everyone listening to go to Katie, tell them the best way to go and download your book that would be easy for them to find. And yes. we'll put it in the show notes. Yes. So you can go to katiesoy.com and uh, you'll see that the, there's a tab at the top that says Firefly Stories. Um, you can also just type directly katiesoy.com forward slash Firefly Stories, but you'll see it on the on the site. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah, from, from the perspective of a parent, because to me, the, the book was written for children, but to hear that perspective is incredibly meaningful about encouraging the parents who are out there, you know, fighting these battles too. Yeah, I think that we don't realize the impact of our own stories on how we show up and do everything in this population of special needs parenting, because so much time and energy and even resources is focused on the child. And listening to your story last night was a really powerful reminder and a confirmation, honestly, around the work that I'm doing with parents because your child will only go as far as you go. Your child will only thrive as much as you thrive. And if you're not thriving because of the stories that you are telling yourself about yourself, it's worth taking a deep dive and cleaning those up because the more empowered you are, the better you'll be able to advocate for them, show up for them, be present with them and enjoy them. I meet so many parents who say the same exact thing, Sarah, I'm surviving, I'm not thriving. Mm -hmm. And in the survival mode, what they're missing out on truly is so much joy with their child that they're not experiencing because their mind is overthinking worrying, future surfing, as I call it, like thinking of what if this happens? What if that happens? What will my child do in the future? That they're not able to appreciate being outside for a walk with their child and seeing a beautiful bird. They're not able to appreciate that special hug that they get at bedtime because their mind is so consumed. So for all the parents listening, just remind yourself that I know you're already believing change is possible because you're here, you're listening to this podcast. You wouldn't be here if you didn't think this were possible. The thriving starts with you rewriting your stories about yourself and then doing the work to support your new stories. And if you're listening, you're kind of like, crap, I don't even know what my stories are. Start by downloading Katie's beautiful book, listening to it with your children, having a conversation about them. Even if you're in the car listening to it together, I always like the car because it's like an enclosed space where you have to talk and connect. <laughs> you, you, there's no way out. So start with that and, and let that inspire not just your child's journey, but your own journey. And Katie, do you have any parting thoughts or insights that you would like to share with the listeners? Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I just love this conversation so much. And I should have said this at the beginning, but I, but I didn't. For anybody listening, I didn't fully explain the story which is about this firefly who's adopted by grasshopper parents. So her parents are grasshoppers. She grows up in a grasshopper community. So that's what Sarah was just referencing when we're talking about, you know, her parents are telling her she's different and it's okay to be different. And her light, literally her light, she's a firefly, get it? See what I did there? Um, her it. light is different. And so, you know, she's, she's judged and bullied by her classmates because she glows and nobody in the village understands why. And it's only grasshoppers. And then you, you end up finding out that at the end of the story, she's, she's the only one who can actually save her entire school. But to do that, she has to be her true self. And 
She can't just be herself and kind of glow, right? To save them in the middle of the night in the storm, she has to shine as bright as she's ever, you know, shown before. So um, that I should have given that summary at the beginning, but that's what Sarah was saying because the story, the story calls out this the the Firefly story is about herself. There's a lot for self talk for kids, and I absolutely love that you just turn that around and apply that to parents too. That's so meaningful to me, and I will say that for the next because this is the first one in a series. It's audiobook only right now. I wanted to add that. So if you go to my website, there's not a physical book. It's just an audiobook right now. Um, but for the next the next audio episodes in the series, there's going to be more from Jem's parents who are grasshoppers and they're raising this firefly, right? That's that they adopted. And so there's going to be more. And this is just encouraging me to, to include that. So thank you, Sarah, for that. And I'm also working on including a conversation starter just a, like a like a PDF guidebook for parents for the next episode so that you can kind of navigate these conversations around things like stories and things like language and you know things like friends at school and all the things that we talked about today. So thank you for having me. And I just wanted to add that this is really helping me for future episodes by hearing your perspective from the parents and, and, and me learning more about you know parents and the special kids community and all the resources and support that's out there and for these just beautiful special souls. Thank you so much for saying that. We appreciate your inclusive nature in wanting every child to see their light and gain these tools because in my 20 years as a yoga teacher and in running my yoga business, I meet students of mine all the time who come to me for yoga only for their health and well-being and stress. And soon after they start talking with me about their parenting and their children, and it's all connected. Every single thing we do is connected. And this book that you think, oh, this is for my children is also connected and going to inspire you to take a look at you. So I enjoyed it so much. And I think it's going to be on regular rotation for us um, because we just believe you can never have enough support and tools for self-growth. And truly some of my students now, I teach students who, my yoga students, that is, I have a few select students who are still with me after all these years even as I have changed into working with a different population. And one of them is in his seventies. And he always says, you know, I wish when I was a young man, I had discovered yoga in my twenties. Or when I meet people who are younger than that in their thirties and forties, they say, I wish I'd had these tools when I was a teenager. Can you imagine how much better middle school would have been if I'd known about self-talk and, you know, being able to have boundaries and things like that. And so for all those people who want something better for yourselves and your children, this book is a great non-stressful way to start and it will really support you in creating a different energy for yourselves and your home. So thank you so much for joining me, Katie. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and I have a feeling you'll be back as we get deeper into the podcast and deeper into your books. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I so appreciate the conversation. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today. And remember, you can't advocate for your child if you're still throwing your own well-being under the bus. Listening to this podcast is just the first step. I'd love to know one action step you're implementing after this episode to help you thrive in your own life. So follow me over on Instagram at sarah.intonato and let me know. If today's show resonated with you, please leave a review through your favorite podcast provider as it's an important step in allowing new listeners to find us when they need to hear this message in their own lives.